Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you. And there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Well, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I decided to do props so I can crawl in and out of them and up to the top in heels and show you it's possible. Not at all. That is not happening. Uh, This is just going to be a little visual for you. And uh, it's because Shauna and I around here talk about our fave five all the time. In fact, we've talked about it so much that we put it in, our, in my Jesus Plus Life book and in the Jesus Plus Life Guys edition as the very first chapter. And it's, it, it dates us because it's the T-Mobile thing. You know, you fave five and then you didn't get charged for them. Now we don't get charged for anything. We just get charged for everything in one month. But back in the day, it was the fave five and you picked your five. And I mean, you had to really narrow it down down. Today, we don't narrow our friends down at all, right? Like if we can have this many followers and this many fans and this many friends, the more the merrier. The problem is, is they all have to fit in that bucket. It's just one bucket. But sometimes we let that bottom bucket be so huge and it takes over the middle bucket, self, and the God bucket. We've got another screen here. My fave five is, is I'm gonna narrow down to three and I'll tell you it in a minute, but my fave five, it's just mine. It doesn't have to be yours because your bottom three or your lower three will all be different, whether you're married or you're young, you're older. And so my fave five is God, then myself, then Sean, then my kids, then my friends and family. So when Sean introduced this, when we got here six years ago to Life Church as Life Church stood uh, when we came and we relaunched the church. We were in a little building, uh, three buildings ago. We've moved and moved and moved. When we got there, and he looked at these people who had been pastored by other pastors, and he said, you don't make my fave five. We lost some people from the church. Let's just be honest. <laughs> they left. And um, it was like we were, we, our goal was to shrink that church called Life Church in the first year. It was depressing people were leaving, and uh, we realized, well, we kind of have to start over, but we have to start over with the right things in the right order, and God has to be number one. Not ministry, not the church people, not your spouse is not number one. God has to be number one. I'm going to explain that tonight. The second thing is yourself. You have to be next most important. If you aren't good, then no one's good, but instead, we let others take over our bucket, our God bucket should be overflowing because we fill up the God bucket. So I've narrowed it down. Now you'll see on the screen, God, self, others, the others, the the bottom three go into all of that. If God bucket is not full and overflowing, it can't flow into self and fill that up. And if self is empty, how in the world do you pour into other people? And then if the other bucket is so massive that you're supposed to fill everybody else's bucket, 
That's not fair to you at all. And so tonight, as I talk about the top five, the top three, I had someone call me and say, you are not being a good friend to me. Lives in a different state. What I had done is I had purposely kind of uh, put, not a boundary, but just space and time between calls and texts and communication. Because when we don't get the five right and then narrow it down to the top three, and we don't get the three right, and then ultimately we don't get the top one right, the God right, then we wonder why people exhaust us and why we have anxiety to be around one person or 10 people or a huge crowd. And many times it's because we are so, so empty. So this is an example in the visual for today, but I want to take you to Luke 10, 38 through 42 about Mary and Martha. This verse often talks about how Martha was too busy when Jesus was around and Mary sat at his feet. And we talk about be more like Mary. Well, I'm, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm just going to put Martha on blast. Martha I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to just put Martha down so much. So go, let's go through this. Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, this is Jesus and the disciples. He, Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, oh, we all know sweet Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. And we all know that even though the preacher or the woman preacher stands up and usually says that, and we know we should go, oh, good Mary. We all know, we get it, Martha. Like, seriously, it's frustrating when you read this because you can relate with Martha because Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, but here's where I want to blast Martha. She didn't ask. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister was, has left me to do all the work by myself? Actually, she put the blame on God. When you're not right with God, when your bucket is empty, pretty soon you start blaming God for everything. We become like Martha. Then she goes on to say, tell her then to help me. Next step, we blame. Next step, we get bossy. Because when we're empty, it's easy to get bossy because I am in a mood, right? So Martha blamed. I do it. I blame God when things aren't going right. Martha got bossy. Difference is she did it to Jesus, to his face. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, which let me point out when he used her name twice, he really was either frustrated or he was mocking her a little. Martha, Martha. It wasn't like he said it one time. He was mocking or he was not real happy with her. You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is what Mary was doing. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus because she needed to stir her affection for Jesus. Not, uh, I'm not trying to plug the Jesus Plus Life book the whole night, but this was another section of our book right away, was what robs and stirs your affection for Jesus. Because what stirs your affection for Jesus is the thing you need to add to your God bucket all the time. God is willing to just come and fill your bucket up like, like more than a fire hose, like a waterfall, fill it up. But he's a gentleman and he also, he's waiting for us to ask. And so we have to determine what things stir our affection for Jesus, what things rob our affection. I know for me, and I didn't do this one on the screen, I know for me something that stirs my affection for Jesus is being alone. 
And for an extrovert, that's pretty weird. I've had to discover that for myself. I used to love the airport and I used to love the mall and I wanted to be where everybody was. But what I've learned and what I have to find time to do is be alone because it stirs my affection for Jesus. I also love history. I actually go to museums and I fall more in love with Jesus because I'm learning about Art Deco on a Chicago walking tour. And I call Sean and I got the little pack, kind of like I have on right now. I've got the pack to listen to the tour guide. And I'm just twirling like elf as I look at the Art Deco buildings in Chicago. And, and I'm the one that answers the question. The tour guide's like, does anyone know what this is or what that statue is? That's wheat. That's wheat because Chicago used to have a place where the farmers would bring piles of wheat. And I I get a grin on my face and he looks at me like, oh, she's one of those ones. And then all the people are annoyed by me. But I have told my children they can vouch for this. When I retire, I'd like to be a tour guide on a history tour. I think it'd be awesome. I'd love to be the one. Now, Lambeau Field, I'll even be like that guy. I'll act like a coach. They get like people who are Lombardi impersonators to do the tour. I'm I'm in, like I love history. I know that if I need to stir my affection for Jesus, did you know I got a year pass to the Neville Museum? Who does that? Nobody. They were so excited. I was there like, you want a whole year? Yeah, yeah. Um, We just did the Life and Culture magazine and and uh, I thought, oops, I thought Casey was going to lose her mind. And I thought DJ and Jonathan were like, seriously, Sonny, get over it. But there's a portion in here, which is the history, some history of Wisconsin. And we got photos and we got um, permission from the museum, which was so hard because all the ladies are 90 years old working there. And we're trying to get them to email us permission. But we got it. Like, we're in here. That stirs my affection. Now, that sounds silly, but you know what robs my affection and empties out that bucket, which then can't pour anything into the self-bucket? What really empties it is junk food, is binge-watching. I mean, I love some Gilmore Girls right now, and I will allow myself to. It's kind of like when you're going to get rid of cigarettes or alcohol, and you're like, I get two. With Gilmore, Girl, with Gilmore Girls, I get two, maybe one and a half if Sean's been snoring for a long time and I'm starting to feel the, the guilt of, I know I need to get up in the morning. I'm going to be complaining about bags under my eyes, but I will not stop. And so sometimes, I mean, I will be like, oh, Jesus, watch this. We're three quarters of the way through and I shut it off and go to bed. And I only did one and three quarters. I know that beyond two, I'm robbing my affection for Jesus. I'm just emptying it out because I know that my leash is short. I have a leash. We all have a leash. Some of us haven't clicked it on yet, but my leash with the length of it that is between me and God, because I want him to guide me. My leash keeps getting shorter and I keep asking for it to get shorter. I want God to, I know that you're going, really? You're calling yourself a dog and God is your owner. I know, but sometimes I see things this way. When he has me, And he pulls that leash tighter. He's pulling me closer to him. And I'm seeking to get closer to him. I love boundaries and standards. And my standard right now is I can't go beyond two or it turns into binge watching, which makes me feel lazy, which makes me get off track, which makes me not do other things in the day or get up on time, which then makes me a cranky mom and a cranky wife. I know what robs and what stirs my affection. So, 
Beyond what robs and stirs, I had to dig in this past summer to what would stir my affection for Jesus. Because starting in April, it was right when we opened the exchange. And if you came, um, you saw I was, I had tomato juice. I'm the, I am the messiest cook. Um, Jesse works for us. He works for us here at Life Church too. He is the cleanest cook. And it's a very good thing Jesse and I never crossed over because Jesse wants order and cleanliness. Sonny doesn't care. Like I won't feed you from food off the floor, but what does it matter if there's a bunch of tomato juice all over there if I'm over here and I'm making something sweet and it's not gonna get tomato juice in it. So I was a mess. If you came in, I had stuff all over, all over me. I look like Chef Boyardee except I was wearing black and you could still see it. That was a lot. And there were days that Abby and I and Greg were there 16 hours plus, and we didn't have enough people hired because we didn't know it would be so successful. So we didn't have enough people to work the shift. So we had to work six days a week. And we thanked God that we weren't open on Sunday because we had to be here to do church on Sunday. And, I, and then we'd go Sunday afternoon and try to real quick figure out how to be ready by Monday. My adrenal glands, I knew. I mean, I don't know anything about adrenal glands. I just know I've heard people talk about adrenal glands. And something about stress messes up your adrenal glands. And so I went, that was a lot of stress. I mean, fun, like fun. Like I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say miffed, but I'm a little upset and sad that I don't, I'm not needed there anymore. I walk in there like, hi, do you want us to make you something? I'm like, no, I can make it myself and you should let me work here. So like, I loved, loved doing it, but I knew that I had done something to my adrenals. Then this summer, I love the sun. Don't we get vitamin D in the summertime? Like the, su the summer is my favorite time of year. And I was just going deeper and deeper and deeper. So what I did is I did everything I know to do to rob my, or to stir my affection for Jesus and to stay away from what robs. I did more. I like once I didn't have to be there as many hours in a week, Abby got me off the schedule and I dug into more prayer time, more quiet time. I mean, my kids are older, they're teenagers. So like, I don't have to get up in the night. I don't even have to get up in the morning anymore. Like this is heaven. Like my kids, they'll sleep. We can all sleep till 11 and they're happy. So like I could get as much rest as I needed. I could sit in my sunroom that Sean turned into my prayer room, which in the summer is great because it's a three seasons room. I can, or really more of, I can use it one season. I'd sit in there, get more of Jesus, get more time, worship music. I was doing everything that always worked before. I'd already done the things that I knew to do for my mind. Like I was working on my soul, my affection for Jesus. I was also realizing maybe I need to relook at some things for my mind to, to help my mind. Because here's the thing about self, and I want to show you this little bucket. This little bucket is just one, so I can hold it. But this has its own bucket that has to have three key elements in it. And it has to be healthy elements. This bucket of self has got to be whole and filled up mind, body, and soul. So all summer long, I was going, okay, do I need to forgive people again? Do I need to go through, we started journey to wholeness with our kids as a family. I thought, are there principles and life skills which saved our marriage because we were destined for divorce? And then we went to life skills, which now journey to wholeness is our remake of that. And I was like, do I need to revisit that? Because like something's wrong in me. And then I began to think God doesn't 
need to use me anymore. He can't use me anymore. This has all been a joke. In fact, I wonder if we should even think we're going to be in Green Bay pastoring for very long. And these voices had never come in my head before. But I was doing all of the soul. I was doing all of the mind work. So finally, one day I looked at Sean. We were driving to Chicago. I was actually with my sister and brother-in-law. And I told him, I said, I don't feel myself. Something's wrong in me. But I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that something wasn't right. I had thoughts of, do I have cancer? Do I have some kind of tumor? Because I know, I know me enough, my leash has been short long enough, that I know I'm not perfect, but I know how to get better with Jesus and with my mind getting in line. And, and I couldn't figure it out. And I said, something's wrong with me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give up dairy. Like, <laughs> I think they kind of looked at me like, something's wrong with you and dairy is the answer. But I'm one of these people that if, if, I, if you tell me this might work, why would we wait? Like, if there's a problem, if there is a little argument over here and I can help mediate, well, let's walk over here and mediate and get this little problem. Like, why do we wait on stuff? So I thought, dairy, that's it. I eat healthy in every way, but I have to have my heavy cream in my coffee every morning. That's probably why I'm gaining weight and can't figure it out. I can go to all the exercise in the world, not drop a pound. It's the dairy. It's the heavy cream every morning. And so I took dairy out. Two weeks later, my skin looked a little better. I felt a little bit, but I still felt really bad. I told Sean, I said, I don't know if I have breast cancer. And he's like going, what is happening? He's like, do you have the signs or symptoms? Well, not specifically that, but like something's wrong in me. I'm not me. But this is why I believed in it already, for my body to get in right alignment. Because we lost a baby that lived for 18 days and died after 18 days on earth because she had campomelic dysplasia, which only 18 children or people living in the world in that moment had. Most of them died at birth. The doctors for seven days didn't know what she had. They didn't know if it was a form of dwarfism because her legs were short, her arms were, were shortened, her heart was bell-shaped. They couldn't figure it out. When they diagnosed it after seven days, they said, we don't know what it is, I mean, we know it's, now we know it's campomelic dysplasia. We don't know why it happens, but we would recommend you never try to have children again. You probably aren't genetically compatible. Now, hearing that when our baby is still alive and it's our first child and we have had, so in, in their defense, we had had multiple miscarriages. So yes, now this baby is suffering, is not going to live. Her heart was too weak to have a surgery for her lungs. Her lungs were too weak to support her heart. And so we were asked on like day 12, next week, you need to make a decision. She's suffering. What is the day next week you want to pull her off, that you want to take the tubes out? So we did. We pulled the tubes out. Literally, we pulled them out and she struggled for breath and we held her as she gasped for air. The only answer we had is we were genetically incompatible. But that just wasn't good enough for me. And so um, my mom comes out with, well, I was diagnosed with cancer. What? <laughs> what? She said, you know, you can, you can get your, your hair tested. And I'm like, okay, Sean's going to call that 
witch doctors and witchcraft and crazy. And that was back in the day. That was Isaiah's 15. So good. here's the good news. Have Isaiah, have Aubrey. Isaiah's 15. This was right before that. 15 years ago, when people heard organic, they thought you were talking about fruit. Like, well, isn't all fruit organic? Now we totally get it. I mean, we have a place called Fresh Time and we completely support it in Green Bay. 15 years ago, I was a crazy woman to people. My mom was especially crazy and both our husbands were wanting to lock us up. But we sent my, my results or we sent my hair and blood off and it came back that I had mercury toxicity, which made sense because every tooth top and bottom except the front five had metal, had amalgam, which contains mercury. So I'm Googling, I'm like, it contains mercury because I had mercury toxicity and heavy metal toxicity. My liver was functioning like I was a cancer patient. It was functioning just barely. So I did a major detox, an electromagnetic detox, a detox. I went and got every tooth drilled out, top and bottom, because I refused to believe we would never have healthy children because we were just genetically incompatible got them all drilled out. When I went into the dentist who admitted, yes, that's what they are, most of the dentists at that time said, now, now I go to the dentist, they're like, we don't even do that. But back then I went to the dentist and I said, um, and I tried to get them out and they wouldn't admit it. Um, but the one I found, he said, you know, women who are from Germany and other countries, they come here and I drill their fillings out all the time. It's very well known outside the United States that you shouldn't have children with all those fillings in your mouth. I said, you were kidding me. So did that, got detoxed, had Isaiah. I was out on the ocean in Florida where we had him. I was out there the day before floating and then did some kind of dance, gymnastics, I don't know, some kind of Zumba thing the night before he was born. Completely different pregnancy. Had Aubrey. But here's what happened. I, when it comes to mind, body, and soul, I've been good over the years of keeping the mind and the soul handled because we almost got divorced about 10 years ago. So I had to get my mind right. Sean had to get his mind right. So we're smart about the mind and the soul. But where I left the soul or where I left myself wanting for more was my body because I quit practicing what I preached of if you aren't good, you aren't good for anyone. That when we don't have mind, body, and soul in order. And some of you, you know when you don't exercise for three months, you're not in a good place. Some of you know that when you are eating junk, you don't feel right. This is what I used to think, thought, what I used to think about my body. I used to think, yeah, what robs my affection for Jesus is junk food because when I eat bad, I don't feel good about myself. I thought it was that my head was telling me I bloated up and looked 20 pounds heavier. But I could do that in five minutes after eating at Culver's. And there's no, there's no way that in five minutes after Culver's I had gained 20 pounds, yet I felt that way but I just felt so bad. I'd be cranky and I went, you know what? It's a soul issue. I am robbing my affection for Jesus. In all reality, what I ate didn't just affect how I felt about myself. It affected how I felt in myself. And so I've had to get healthier mind, body, and soul. The reason I didn't tell you anything about the others is because oftentimes we just need to see bucket one and see bucket two when we're struggling with bucket three. Sometimes, you know, those, those quizzes or it says, um, if you're here, refer to question two because it will answer the questions. When we're struggling with bucket three others, we probably need to look to bucket two self or bucket one God.
And so I'm going to read you a scripture that is just going to wrap this up. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more, thirsts no more ever. Empty, thirsty buckets need more of Jesus and no one will hunger or thirst anymore. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? I feel like this week even, very timely, I felt very strong that when I look at Green Bay and when I look at the people that we come in contact with, and I come in contact with Life Church people or new Jesus people, there is, there's just two kinds of people. There's those who have a softness and an openness to God. And then there's those that just don't have a softness and an openness to God. I don't want to label that with a negative word because my prayer is that people who aren't open and soft to God will begin to soften to Him. But that's really all He's saying is that I will, I will come running to you because I want you. All you need to do is you need to come running to me. So if there's anyone in this room where we're going to keep our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if there's anyone in this room that would say, I can't even talk about the buckets yet because the whole Jesus thing is not part of my life. It's not part of my conversation. It's not part of my home then I would love to pray with you and for you. And everyone in here is going to pray the same prayer at the end. I'm not going to call anyone forward or make you stand up or anyone feel centered out. All I'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand in a minute. You and everyone else in here are going to pray this prayer that you want Jesus in your life. You want Jesus to become a part of the whole conversation. So if that's you and you want to receive Jesus and start your Jesus journey tonight, will you just raise your hand and look at me? I'm the only one that's going to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over here. Thank you. Thank you. Any others that I missed? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone, let's pray together this prayer. We're simply just going to ask him in to our life. So pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you more now than ever before. God, I'm open to you. I soften myself to you. I receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.